hundred yards in all directions. The fire department had already been called, and paramedics were on the way. Sunset Boulevard had been closed and traffic rerouted, all for something that might turn out to be some do-it-yourself plumber's cast-off drain trap. Hey, Buck, I'm ready to take a look at that thing. I want you in the suit. It's too hot. I'll use the chest protector for the first pass, then the suit if I have to bring out the de-armor. All Riggio would be doing on the first pass was lugging out a portable X-ray to see inside the bag. If the contents appeared to be a bomb, he and Daggett would formulate a game plan and either dearm the device or explode it in place. I want you in the suit, Charles. I got a feeling about this one. You've always got a feeling. I've also got the sergeant stripes. You're in the suit. The armored suit weighed almost ninety pounds. Made of Kevlar plates and heavy Nomex batting, it covered every part of Riggio's body except his hands, which remained bare. A bomb tech needed the dexterity of unencumbered fingers. When the suit was in place, Riggio took the real-time RDR-3 X-ray unit and lumbered toward the package. Walking in the suit was like walking with his body wrapped in wet quilts, only hotter. Three minutes in the armor and sweat was already running into his eyes. To make it worse, a safety cable and hard wire dragged behind him, the hard wire connecting him to Daggett via Telex communicator. A separate wire linked the real-time to a computer in the Suburban's cargo bay. He felt like he was pulling a plow. Daggett's voice came into Riggio's ear. How you doing out there? Sweating my ass off, thanks to you. Riggio hated this part the most approaching an object before he knew what it was. Every time was the same. Riggio thought of that unknown object as a living beast with a life and a mind, like a sleeping pit bull. If he approached it carefully and made the right moves, everything would be fine. If he startled the dog, the damn thing would rip him apart. Eighty-two slow-motion paces brought him to the box. It was unremarkable except for a wet stain on one corner that looked like dog piss. The brown paper bag, crumpled and uneven, was open. Riggio peered into the bag without touching it. Leaning over was hard, and when he did, sweat dripped onto the Lexan faceplate like rain. He saw the two pipes that Ruiz had described. The pipe caps appeared to be about two and a half inches in diameter and taped together, but nothing else about them was visible. They were loosely wrapped with newspaper, leaving only the ends exposed. Daggett said... How's it look? Like a couple of pipes. Stand by. I'll get us a picture. Riggio placed the real-time RTR-3 on the ground at the base of the box, aimed for a side view, then turned on the unit. It provided the same type of translucent shadow image that security personnel see on airline baggage units, reproducing the image on two screens— one for Riggio on top of the RTR-3, and another on the computer back at the Suburban. Charlie Riggio smiled. Son of a bitch. We got one, Buck. We got us a bomb. I'm seeing it. The two pipes were impenetrable shadows with what appeared to be a spool of wire or fuse triangle between them. They didn't appear to be a timer or an initiator of a more sophisticated nature, 
leading Riggio to believe that the bomb was a garage project made by an enterprising local gangbanger, low-tech, dirty, and not particularly difficult to de-arm. This one's gonna be a piece of cake, Buck. I make a basic fuse of the light-it and run-like-hell variety. You'll be careful. Might be some kind of motion switch tucked away in there. I'm not gonna touch it, Buck. Jesus, give me some credit. Don't get cocky. Take the snaps and let's figure out what's what. The procedure was to take a series of digital computer snaps of the device via the real-time at 45-degree angles. When they had the device mapped, Riggio would fall back to the Suburban where he and Daggett would decide how best to destroy or dearm it. Riggio shuffled around the box, aiming the real-time over the different angles. He felt no fear as he did this because he knew what he was dealing with now and trusted he could beat it. Riggio had approached over 48 suspicious packages in his six years with a bomb squad. Only nine.